All right, heck, I'm on the screen. You know what that means. Time for announcements from Keys Vineyard Church. Hey, coming up this this upcoming week, it's already upon us, is our summer VBS. That'll be from uh, Tuesday through Thursday, June 13th through the 15th. The kids are going to have a blast. They'll play games, uh, arts and crafts, snacks. They'll, of course, learn about the Bible. Our, our Gotta Move VBS is going to start this Tuesday. Register your kids online and in the app. And if you can, sign up to volunteer. Uh, always great to have lots of help for that event. Uh, the men's and women's groups should be meeting. Also coming up later this month, June 28th, it's the, the last Wednesday of the month at 6.30 p.m., will be our night watch. That's a night of ministry and prayer and, and worship. Great night to be a part of. So consider joining us for that. Uh, July will have some cool stuff. Again, we're, we're, we're out a ways, right? But hey, let, let's announce it anyway. Uh, our next baptism will be July 8th, 9 a.m. at Bay of Honda beach so don't miss that and uh yeah keep downloading the apps we now have two different apps uh for you to use one is our main church app uh, that's where you can watch services and get info on all things happening here at the church that's the one with the grape kv logo it's the colorful one uh, and then our other app, KV Church, is the black text, white background. Uh, that's where you'll hopefully have our, a better connection with our online community. Uh, you know, my dad will be posting updates there. You can talk about the message more in depth there. So two great apps for you to download. Get them both. And with all that being said, let's get ready for church. Woo! Hey everybody online, welcome. So glad to have you with us. Uh, we're getting ready to hop into worship and uh, we're looking forward to doing that with you. Everybody here is excited. Then we're into our fourth part of our series, Sword Sharpening, talking about context, context, context. So get a Bible, get a coffee, get comfortable, get ready, because here we go. <gasps> Woo! Good morning. You guys are getting really good at that. We're training, yes, we're training them well. Exactly, Alice. We're so glad to see you guys this morning. We're looking forward to spending time with you all in worship and in the word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do, in case you don't know the flow yet. We're going to start things off with communion. Pastor Fran is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through Bible verse. We will dismiss the kids off to their Sunday school classrooms and then... We will have our time in the word with Pastor Doug today. We're in um, sword sharpening part four. Yay, Doug. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> She'll always be your biggest fan. He's very handsome. That's why I married him. Thank you. You're welcome. It's the only reason. Totally kidding. Anyways, um, before we jump into any and all of that, besides you marrying my husband, I already married him. He's fine. Um... Let's pray, guys. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, we thank you for your presence here this morning. We thank you for the confidence that we have through Jesus to enter your throne room. 
And as we're gathered here with our brothers and sisters, and bask in the glory and the wonder of your majesty, your goodness and your faithfulness, Papa, settle our hearts this morning. We thank you for how you've been moving and stirring things in our hearts. For how you've been showing up and making yourself known day to day. For your faithfulness to us in the big and small things. And Papa, we give you permission to continue to mold our hearts into the shape of your heart. So that we can continue loving lost kids back into your family. You're so good to us, Papa, and we love you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Lord God, the strength of all who put their trust in you, by your great mercy, hear our prayers. And because of the weakness of our human nature, help us by your great grace to live lives that please and honor you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Pastor Fran. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body given for you. Take and eat it in remembrance of me. Same night he took the cup. So last night of the Passover celebration, cups of plagues and sanctification, important, celebrated. Jesus took that third cup, which is a cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. There with his friends that night. Jesus gave us a lasting ordinance and remembrance that we call communion of the Lord's Supper. He said, from now on, we get together and partake in this meal. I want you to remember me. So as friends gather this morning, we too can partake in this meal. The bread and the cup, the Bible of the Lord. Remember, give thanks. Remember all Jesus has said and done and promised to do. Remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. Want to remember how he died and rose again. Want to remember the awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back soon. So on this table, the elements of communion, the bread and the cup, the Bible of the Lord. Table's open this morning to all who believe. As we worship and you feel led by the Spirit, go eat, drink, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Fran. We're going to enter now into our time of worship. And I always try to encourage us to sing out and to participate and to lift our voices as we praise the Lord here this morning. We're going to see the words on the screen, so it'll be really easy to sing along with. You're welcome to sit. Stand if you're able. We speak the name of Jesus.
gates and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship Oh 
we love you, Lord, and we are so, so thankful for this time of worship. We are so thankful for this time of worship, Papa, for your sweet presence. Papa, would you be with the words that you have to teach us today? Would you give us hearts to receive and to learn and to listen? You're so good to us, Papa, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the kids a Bible verse? Good morning, boys and girls. Hi. So happy to see you. Today's Bible story comes from, actually, you can find this story in three of the Gospels. The book of Matthew, the book of Mark, and the book of Luke. Isn't that amazing? Because it's a very important story. You guys ready to hear it? Okay, so Jesus went back to his hometown of Capernaum, and there... Everyone heard that he was coming and they wanted to go and hear Jesus teach. And so everyone came into the house where Jesus was staying at and they filled the room and no one else could fit in there. Like the house had a lot of people that were even waiting like outside the door. And guess what happened? Four friends, right? Four people wanted to see Jesus. And they brought their friend who could not walk. They actually carried him in a mat. They wanted to see Jesus because they had heard that Jesus healed people and they wanted their friend who couldn't walk to be healed. And so there was a problem. They could not get Jesus. There were too many people. So guess what? They did. They climbed the roof. They went to the top of the house, right? And right above where Jesus was, they started digging out the roof to make a hole. And once that was done, they lowered their friend down to Jesus. Do you think Jesus was upset? No, he was so happy. He saw them and he saw their faith. It pleases God when we trust him and they had faith for their friend, right? And Jesus was like, oh, they know that I can heal their friend. So Jesus looked at the man at the, at the, on the mat and said, your sins have been forgiven. And you might think, well, whoa, he needed to walk, right? His friends brought him there to walk so that he can walk. But guess what, guys? Jesus knows our hearts. And Jesus knew that he needed to be forgiven of his sins and his relationship with God restored. That was the most important thing. And you won't believe what happened. There were religious leaders there who were like, who were saying to themselves, who does Jesus think he is? No one can forgive sins except God. And Jesus knew what they were thinking. And he said to them, why are you thinking in this way? Right? What is easier for me to say? Your, your sins have been forgiven or pick up your mat and walk. Right? As God's son, Jesus has power to forgive sins. Right? Yes, so he 
he wanted to he wanted to let them know that he has this power but he didn't want he didn't know how to prove that to them so he thought okay i have it right so he's going to prove to them that he can forgive sin so he looked at the man at, on the mat and he said what what is in mark 2:11 i tell you get up take your mat and go home and the man did that he trusted jesus he got up He took his mat and he went through all the crowd and outside. Isn't that amazing? Well, everyone was amazed and they started to praise God because they said to each other, "Wow, we have never seen anything like this!" Right? Isn't that amazing? Good. Now, are you guys ready to say the Bible verse with me? Okay, repeat after me: Mark two eleven. And this is amazing because this is what Jesus says. So think about that when you're saying this, okay? I tell you, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, take up your mat, and go home. Isn't that amazing? Good job, guys. Awesome job, kiddos. Uh, the children are getting uh, very nice stickers. And we do have a birthday in the house. It's actually tomorrow. It's going to be Pastor Georgina's birthday tomorrow. I can't hear you from up here. So let's sing Pastor Georgina. Happy birthday. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. was so nice. Thank you. All right, let's talk to the Lord, okay? Who loves you so much? Ready? Okay, let's bow our heads and close our eyes and think about Him. Father in heaven, thank you so much, Lord, for the love that you have poured into our hearts, Lord. I pray the little ones will know that you are the God who heals. You are the God who forgives our sins. In Jesus' name, what do we say, everyone? Amen. All right, kids are going to have a great time at Sunday school. Good morning. So excited to be here. I'm uh, I'm always so blessed. Uh, getting to to do double duty here. We uh, we have some tremendous musicians here, and I'm always so thankful that uh, uh, for the the worship team here. And a um, couple little bits of announcements before we jump in. The the blood bus is out. They are collecting blood and platelets. Is that yes? It, forgive me if I I think that's what it is. They're collecting stuff out there. So um, <laughs> go do that. It's a great great thing to do. We we love supporting them. Uh, also, this week we've been mentioning it is our summer VBS, and we could still use a handful of volunteers to to make that uh, better. And uh, 
let me tell you, it is one of the most fun things that we do here. We just get to love on the kids, and we get to tell them how much that Jesus loves them. It's an amazing ministry to be a part of. So please uh, help us out with that. And uh, if any of you want to get like a jump start on bounce houses after the 11 o'clock service, we're going to be setting those up, okay? So if you want to injure yourself... Please don't. No. Okay. No. No. Don't. Go down the obstacle course. Yeah. No. I don't. I don't do that anymore. Once my nine-year-old son started just cooking me in it, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> also, uh, if you are new here, or you're d- just visiting. We'd love to get to know you better. We have a connect card here at our church. We do it digitally. Uh, if you scan that QR code with your phone, it's going to take you to a link that uh, gets us in touch with you. And we only send you a few text messages, and we really just want to get to to know you better. So scan that, uh, fill out that info. That would be great, and uh, we'll be in touch. We also uh, take this part in our services uh, to encourage all of us to be praying for our community. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for people who live in the homes around your home. Uh, it's a great way to spread the, the kingdom of God, and we believe that prayer makes a difference. Prayer is the weapon of our warfare. So let's, let's do this together. Let's pray corporately to reinforce this idea of praying for our neighbors. And Holy Spirit, would you come? Yes, you are... So good. You're so faithful. We love it when you show up, Lord. Father, I thank you for this awesome place that we call home. Lord, I'm just so thankful for all the keys. I've called this place my home my, my whole life, Lord. Thank you for, for uh, just the, the awesomeness of your creation and how, how amazing it is to live here. Father, I lift up the inhabitants Uh, Of these islands to you, we want to see your kingdom move here in the Florida Keys on earth as it is in heaven. We mean it, Lord, when we say we want to see renewal, revival, and breakthrough. Let your kingdom come, Lord. Let your will be done. And Lord, I pray for the churches that neighbor our church as well, all throughout the Keys that are proclaiming your gospel and loving your people well. God, I ask that you'd bless them with every resource and provision and and purpose that you've called them to, Lord. Bless them mightily. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're continuing on in our series uh, called Sword Sharpening. Uh, This is going to be our fourth part, and uh, we're looking at how to make the most out of our time with the Bible. And, you know, I'm still getting over last week's uh, uh, illustration that my dad had with the denarius. That was so cool. So uh, if you missed that message, go back, listen to it. But this week, uh, we're going to be talking more about the how the Bible is written for us, but not to us, and how important context is. And in order for these sermons to have context, we have to start you off kind of laughing so that you're sort of open to hear the word. So I have some poor quality jokes. I've, you know, I do my best. So I'm really going to ask that you guys kind of ham it up and laugh some sympathy laughter because they're not very good. But uh, anyway, why are coffee beans such troublemakers? It's because they always end up in hot water. <laughs> Thank you. The last service actually got booed after I told that joke. <laughs> Tomatoes everywhere. Anyway, why did the swimmer throw all of his gear into the water? Well, his accountant told him to pool his resources. <laughs> Accounting jokes here at the vineyard. You're welcome. Honey, would you please read for us? Oh, you forgot a mic. The other one wasn't working. Oh, nice. Yeah, no. Check. Cool. 
Okay, let's refocus and pray. We like praying here, in case you didn't notice. All right, let's pray. Papa, we thank you that in your holiness, you still desire personal relationship with us. Thank you for the advocate you've given us in Jesus and for the scriptures you've given us to help us learn and know your heart. Help us to be responsible with your precious written words, to seek the truth in them, and to change us through them for your glory. Amen. Will you stand with me for the reading of the word? Our text this morning is out of the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. And my grammar police, um, we're starting in the middle of a sentence. So, yeah, yeah, fellow grammar police, I feel ya. <laughs> and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Always got to have the grammar police around. Um, (laughs) If you look before that, verse 14 is Paul speaking to Timothy, and we'll get into that, but kind of feeds into what we're talking about today, uh, which is this, and I mentioned it briefly in our little intro. This is going to be our first point where we're starting for today. The Bible is written for us, but not to us. So it's important to get an idea of that concept, and uh, I want to give credit Uh, for that quote. Uh, It was from John Walton. He was an Old Testament scholar. The Bible was written for us, but not to us here in 2023 America with with the way we view the world, right? I do want to say this before we jump in. uh, The Bible, what we're talking about in this series, our sword of the spirit is 100% inspired by God. And we can have confidence that every word in the original documents of the Bible is exactly what God wanted it to say. We believe in God's full inspiration and the total trustworthiness of the Bible. We've learned that the Bible is a library of books. It's not one big singular book. It's many books written by many different authors, uh, written in several different languages, and it was written for the original hearers and readers of the scripture. And it's an amazing uh, treasure, this, this library that we have. And to really understand what God was communicating when he inspired the authors of the Bible to write, we, we have to do this. We need to try and read and listen and hear the words uh, as the original audience would have heard them, and in the way the author would have meant for them to be understood. We, we have to change how we think as we read the Bible in order to digest it properly. This entire library of books, what it does for us is it reveals the story of God. It tells us who God is and what he's done. 
It tells us about our salvation and it gives us insight into who we are and why on earth that we're here. The Bible, it's amazing. It gives us guidance for life. It gives us hope for what lies ahead. And most importantly, what the Bible does is it tells us who Jesus is. Uh, We see the Apostle Paul. He was the author of the the letter to Timothy that we read in our scripture reading. And the, the two letters of Timothy... It's Paul writing to Timothy. Timothy was a young minister in the early Christian church, and these two letters are often called the pastoral letters. Uh, again, just for context, this is Paul mentoring Timothy, so we see these charges to, to read the scripture, do the right thing. We, we, we read that, and we read, as we read in the scripture reading, we're going to read it again because it's good to read it more and more, and how from infancy you've known the holy scriptures. Timothy uh, would have grown up hearing the scriptures every day. And and back then, they had to memorize scripture. And he's probably way better at that than I am. I I have an app that I lean on. (laughs) I'm like, I I know kind of where it is. Let me put in some key. Oh, there. Okay, thank you. He would have known it. Anyway, these scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture, all scripture is God breathed. And I love that phrase there. God breathed his, his breath into these words and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Paul, as a mentor to Timothy, was saying in his letter that all of the Old Testament, that portion of the Bible before Matthew... Uh, was useful for helping Timothy. Uh, it's helpful for us to, to, to live this day-to-day life in Christ, to live the life that he's called us to, to make us wise and to know him more. And we're so blessed that we have the, the New Testament writings and our Holy Scripture as well. And we believe that all 66 books that are in this library, this Bible, can equip us for practical living that honors God. Uh, also, you know, as I mentioned several times, I'll keep mentioning it, Paul, mentoring Timothy. We read, he gives us all a challenge in chapter 2, verse 15, uh, and this is in a section uh, dealing with false teachers, people who take the Bible out of context. So again, we've got this in context. He says in verse 15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. So in this chapter, uh, Paul is warning Timothy about people who handle the Bible incorrectly, taking it out of context. Uh, we see Peter also tells us that uh, the, the writings in the New Testament, you know, as well as old, are going to be uh, hard to understand. And I think it's encouraging to hear Peter say this. Uh, we see Second Peter chapter 3, verse 15, bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. And Paul writes the same way in all of his letters, speaking in them of these matters. Uh, His letters, they contain some things that are hard to understand, uh, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. So uh, I think it's helpful to note that one of the authors of the Bible said that some of the Bible may be hard to understand. 
We should take that as encouraging. How about you? But sometimes I'll read it. I'll be like, what is going on? What does, what does this mean? And so, and that's why we're doing this series is to help us, uh, get more out of our time with the Bible. But know this, that when we're struggling with something in the Bible, even Peter, who literally walked with Jesus on water, had a hard time understanding parts of it. It's also interesting to see Peter use that word distort. Uh, as a guitar player, the word distortion kind of means like cool sounding guitar. But um, what, what it means is to make unclean, right? It, it's this this is uncleaning of the, of the Bible, and there's going to be people who do that warnings against people who take the Bible out of context. These are the passages that we're reading. All of this and more is why we're working through this series now, because we want to read the Bible in context to better know and understand it. There was a card in there. Henry, thank you very much, sir, for a gentleman. Honey, I love everything about you. That was on the card. It's not for me, not to you. Keep it in context. <laughs> yeah, man. So, in saying all of this, uh, leave your cards at home. Also, never read a Bible verse. Can you believe you're hearing this at church now? Never read uh, a Bible verse. And uh, this is another quote from a Christian author, Greg Kokel. Never read a Bible verse. And it should say, never just read a, a Bible verse. And it, it's an exaggeration to see this. But um, it makes a good point. It's a memorable way of telling us that we should never just read a Bible verse in isolation, uh, out of context. So when it comes to the Bible, remember, context is everything. It is so important. Every Bible verse fits within this larger story of God. And whenever we read any verse, we want to we want to do th- these things. Uh, we want to look at that specific Bible verse. It, it's good and to, to chew on it. And a lot of people stop there, and that's not where we want to stop. And so in order to get an idea of what the Bible verse is communicating to us, we need to look at the paragraph that that verse is in. Then we need to look at the chapter that that Bible verse is in. And then after we get that chapter, we need to get the book. And we need to know who wrote the book, who is the book written to. And then that sets our our lens in the, the right spot, the right settings for that lens. And then we take that book and we look at where it is in the Bible and where it fits in the whole storyline. Because uh, as my father's mentioned, the Bible is a library. It's not in chronicle, chronological order from page one to the last page. Uh, so we, we need to know where that Bible fits in this storyline. We need context. Context is everything. Uh, perhaps this illustration might help you remember this principle. Have you ever seen a Star Wars movie and there's like scrolling yellow text coming up and uh, they begin with this rolling screen of words that set up what has happened in the Star Wars storyline leading up to the opening scene in the movie that's about to begin. So without an idea of what's going on, uh, of this broader storyline, you'd be confused by what follows. You know, you end up in this big space battle and you're like, why can't we all just get along? And then, you know, the last Star Wars movie I watched, I'm like, pretty sure that guy died. He went down the big thing. Now he's, why is he back? We, we, we need context. It's like, and now you have to read books to get it. Anyway. <laughs> I'm not reading Star Wars books, I'm sorry. 
Even in a single movie of the Star Wars series, you have to reflect on earlier scenes to get an idea of what's going on in this broad story line. Uh, Imagine taking a single line from one of those movies without knowing uh, which scene or which movie it's from, and you're trying to make sense uh, of what it means. You don't know what character's saying it. You know what I mean? You need to know who's saying it, when they're saying it, what movie it's in, because they're jumping around all over the place. You'd likely miss the full meaning of the line without the appropriate context. Like Star Wars, uh, the Bible, it's an epic story covering different time periods, uh, different generations continuing the story with plots and twists within the storyline and a variety of different characters. And unlike Star Wars, which is made up and, and you know, it's silly and fun, the, the Bible is 100% true. It is the real and living word of God grounded in history and inspired by God. It's God-breathed. Uh, it's a story telling us about the God who created everything and of his interactions with human beings and all that he created. It is the most amazing, exciting story we can ever read, and it's well worth becoming familiar with. Uh, whenever we open up the Bible, <laughs> we need a little backstory, right? We need that little yellow scrolling text that tells us where we are and, and what it means to give us an idea of the, the broader context that we're about to read. And in talking about context, some people might wonder why it looks like Jesus and uh, other writers of the New Testament will quote uh, just a single verse. Like, Doug, you're you know, saying don't just quote a single verse, get an idea. Uh, what we need to know is that when Jesus is quoting a scripture, uh, because of how his you know, the people he grew up with, the culture there, they, they would have been, uh, th- this would have been a part of their lives. They would have just ingested everything. They would have known it. So when they would quote a single scripture, it was just understood you knew the passage that they were referencing and that they were referencing uh, that larger section of scripture from which that verse was taken. That, that so important to note that. Today what happens, though, is that we see people quote a Bible verse, uh, they'll just kind of cherry pick that one verse, the Bible says this, so this is 100% accurate, and they don't have an idea of the context, they don't know who wrote it, but they're taking it there. Uh, we, we need to know the context. The Bible verse out of context can be misunderstood and misinterpreted uh, and misused. Growing up, I wanted to be a professional basketball player, so I decided to get Philippians 4.13 tattooed across my chest, and that was going to help because in Christ I can do all things so I can slant dunk, and um, that didn't help. Still had a low vert. It just, it's not there, so... Uh, didn't actually get that tattoo, but you get an idea of what I'm saying, right? When we take that verse in context, though, because <laughs> even though it, it, it's tattooed on my chest, my vertical might not go up. But when I put that verse in context, what it's saying is that God has set a path for you. And because he's with you, you can go and do what he's called you to do. It makes that verse encouraging again and even more encouraging in the right context. Uh, another example, people will uh, take a line from Jesus, a single line out of context, and try to make Jesus fit their uh, plan and, and, and agenda, and we don't want to do that. And we'll see how easy it is. Uh, I'm going to read this verse in Luke 12, 19. This is Jesus talking. I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. So it, it sounds like Jesus saying, live it up, right? It's five o'clock somewhere. I'm just joking. 
So when we take that verse out of context, that makes it sound like that's what he was saying. But when we read it in context, he's answering a man who's like, Jesus, convince my brother to give me some inheritance. And this big crowd of people, Jesus is like, why do I got to get in the middle of this? Here's this story about this rich fool. So when we read that verse now in context, it completely changes the meaning of the verse. That's how easy it is. Jesus has had his context. He has it. He has a backstory called the Old Testament. Like I mentioned, everything before the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus has a backstory called the Old Testament. And it helps to keep the whole story in context when we know the Old Testament. That was Jesus' backstory. And he tells us that in Luke 24. He's speaking to his disciples. This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, Old Testament, the prophets, uh, in the Psalms. What I'm doing, it, it, needs, it needs the context. Uh, if you were to ever go to a jeweler, if you're like me, you'll watch this process on YouTube because I've not bought a diamond from a jeweler. But uh, if you do, they'll take you and they're going to pull out this loose diamond and they're going to put it uh, on a piece of black velvet and they'll put it right on there so you can see just how brilliant and shiny that diamond is. I said the word shininess last night. Now, I thought that was a funny word, so I wasn't going to say it, but I said it now. But you get an idea. Just see the, the, the brilliance, the luster uh, of the diamond, and it's, it's so faceted. And you need the backdrop to see just how reflective that diamond truly is. And I like to think of the Old Testament as that black velvet. And the diamond, that shining, brilliant, beautiful piece is Jesus right there with the backdrop of the Old Testament. And when we have the backdrop, we see how much sweeter our Savior is. When we read Christ through that background of the Old Testament, we see how awesome he is, how wonderful he is. And when we have that, it becomes so much more precious to us. Uh, when we read about Jesus in the Bible, when we start at the New Testament, we need to understand that Jesus didn't just appear out of nowhere. There was a plan for him. He had a mission and a purpose. He didn't appear out of thin air. He has this beautiful backstory that begins way before his birth in Bethlehem. Uh, there's hints of him that we'll read the, the, the crimson thread of redemption. It starts in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. This is God speaking to the servant, serpent, serpent, there's P in there, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. He's going to stomp you with his heel. Jesus is what he's talking about. We also see Jesus mentioned. This is God speaking to Abraham in this promise, Genesis chapter 22. And through your offspring, Abraham, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Genesis, talking about Jesus. Jesus is going to bless the whole world. The, the hints about Jesus, the, the mentions, the prophecies about him become more clear uh, in Isaiah. And there, there, there's many. I'm giving, you know, we have a few here. Uh, th- this one always hits home for me. It's such a, a weighty scripture in Isaiah. This was written several hundred years before Jesus walked the earth. But this is uh, the prophecy about Jesus, that he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty 
or no majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Our Lord and Savior knew pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces. People hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. And surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But Jesus, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Because of my wrongdoing, he was punished. And he took it. For all my mess-ups, all my... All my shame, all my guilt, every, every wrong thing he took. And he paid the price so that I could have life. And when I think about that, when we, we set Jesus there in this backstory, why he did what he needed to do, when we read the Bible in context, it is going to make that message that Jesus died, that he rose again to save us from our sins that much more powerful. That this entire story, Story that precedes his birth, giving all that Jesus says and all Jesus does additional meaning. We need to know it. We need to know the full story because it points us to the significance of Jesus in the New Testament that he established. And without this knowledge of the Old Testament, we miss the breadth and the depth of the New Testament. And more importantly, we miss knowing the fullness of God through his work of creating and relating to people Throughout the ages, we need to read our Bibles. And so I'm so excited for this, this series coming up. So far, we've talked about how the Bible points to Jesus, that Jesus is so cool. Uh, we've talked about how the Bible is a library of books, not just a single book, and that the Bible was written for us, but not to us, and the importance of context, reading it through a, a different worldview and Next week, uh, you know, we're super excited about it. My dad's going to be splitting up the Bible into eight kingdom sections, and we're going to go through that for the foreseeable future, so you won't want to miss any of those. And uh, I'm just excited to to learn more about our Bible. So uh, let's pray. Lord, we love you. You're good. You're awesome. You're wonderful. Father, I thank you that you communicate with us. God, even though this, this was not to us, but for us, God, that you use it as a living, breathing, God-breathed word for us. Father, I'd ask that you'd stir up in our hearts a desire to, to read your Bible more and to put it in context and to know you more. God, would you stir up a growing of faith in this church that hungers and thirsts for you, Father. And Lord, I continue to ask that you'd use this church as a lighthouse for your kingdom, God. We want to bring in people to know you as their savior uh, and as their friend. Use this church however you see fit to do that, God. We, we love you, Lord. You're, you're just, you're awesome. You're so wonderful. You're so worthy of our praise uh, and our time, Lord. So just touch our hearts to read our Bibles more. Our ministry team is going to be heading over to our prayer wall 
If you need prayer for anything, we believe so much in prayer here. We believe prayer works. And there's going to be people there who will listen to you and they'll pray. Uh, if you need intercession, uh, he, prayers for healing, we believe God just moves through mightily. So get prayed up. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your lives, they'd be happy to lead you through that today. Go over there and get her done. Also, I didn't do it in the Larry the Cable Guy voice, I apologize. But seriously, best decision. Uh, our offering in on the screen. Gotta say this, church, thank you so much for your amazing generosity. Your partnering with this uh, keeps the doors open, keeps the lights on, and enables us to do some really cool things like this this, uh, this week. We're going to have this VBS. So we thank you uh, for, for trusting us uh, with that. If you'd be interested in partnering with our church, the info's on the screen, available on the app as well. Let's go ahead and sing the doxology together. And here we go. Praise God from whom all And may, oh, that was a nice harmony in there. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may his face shine upon you, and may he be gracious to you and give you peace, and go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we get one lost child back to dad. You guys be safe on your way out. Uh, Don't forget about the blood bus. Donate if you can. Catch some fish. I'd say hope your team wins, but my team lost last night. Very sad. We'll catch you later. See you later. Bye. And online church, thank you so much for joining us online today. We love you and we appreciate you. My dad will be back up next week. He's going to be breaking up the Bible into eight kingdom sections. And he's going to start at the very beginning and go through that. So you won't want to miss it. But anyway, love you. God bless you. See you next week. Goodbye.